It's time for the great episode of the Ring Side Rant with your host from the hills of West Virginia, JD Justin Davis, and from Rochester, New York, this is RJ. Can't get enough wrestling talk? Well, check out Ringside Rant with top guys RJ and Justin, the kings of ranting. The new shows drop each Friday morning at 9 Eastern, and it'll take you back to the good old days of pro wrestling, but also the not so good days. Ringside Rant is available on all podcast platforms, as well as full press coverage, Visionaries Global Media, Wrestling with Johnners Network, and the Shining Wizards Network. You can also follow the show on Twitter at underscore Ringside Rant. It's Ringside Rant with RJ and Justin. New shows drop Friday morning at 9 Eastern. That's Ringside Rant with RJ and Justin. A couple of top guys doing top guy stuff. It's Ringside Rant with RJ and Justin. New shows Friday mornings at 9 Eastern. It's Friday. It's 9 a.m. You know what that means. Another great episode of the Ringside Rant is with you this week. I am the man with the magical voice, RJ. He is the man that continues to make homemade Christmas presents because he has that big of a heart. He's the one. He's the only. Styling a profile in his Nike pink collared golf shirt. JD, Justin Davis. Justin, what's up, man? Pink is my favorite color. You know that. Pink is my favorite color. I figured as much, and we're we're getting into. I mean, come on, pink and black specifically, but right. But there's not too there's not too many people that can make can rock pink as a color. Oh, I look fucking fantastic in pink. I I actually, I actually have a um, golf shirt that is more black, but it has like pink and white and gray stripes on it. It's like my dress shirt or something now because I don't get dressed up that often, so as you can obviously tell. So, um, hey, what's no. going on, RJ? Good week. Uh, yeah. we got all the Thanksgiving, uh, festivities out of the way. Everyone got stuffed up and, uh, I know I did. I smoked me a Turkey here at the house one day just to, you know, fuck around and yeah, I ate half of it. <laughs> yeah. You sent me a picture that actually ended up showing to, uh, to my father-in-law, and he was always the like master of the grill, that kind of guy. So, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. He smoked it for like, what would you smoke for it? Like eight hours? Yeah, around there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everything uh, was good seeing the family. It was good. You know what? The best part of the weekend was though, RJ. The Bills won. The um, Bengals played like they got to play on the field by themselves. It was fucking awesome. Did you watch it? There was no other team on the field. It was just the Bengals, and they just did what they wanted to do. Well, like an exhibition. Allegedly, the Pittsburgh Steelers showed up. Well, sort of. They. Oh, they were there. I don't even remember them on the field. It there. was a big blur. I think it was more of like a. a black... big, it was a big Ben blur. Is what it was. Yeah, because he was getting knocked down so many goddamn times. Oh, that one time he fell forward. Like there was just someone laying on the ground and he just fell over him. It looked like the life alert commercial. Like someone, <laughs> someone needed to save his. He's getting ass. that old though, man. If you think about it, there's nobody who else is left in the league since he was draft when in that draft class. Cause Eli's gone. Rivers is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, whatever. See you, Ben. But now the Bengals have beat the Schittsburg Steelers. For the third time in a row, the first time since 1990, we have pulled off such a feat. And now we go, we got another home game against San Diego or LA Los Angeles Chargers. How dare you call them the San Diego Chargers? The Los Angeles Chargers will come to the jungle on Sunday where my brother, my father, and myself will be there to help the Bengals defend the jungle. Who they you have to see who they think I'll beat them Bengals? No. And especially not the fucking Chargers and definitely not the Schittsburg Steelers. Well, there goes our audience in the city of Los Angeles and the city of Pittsburgh, but uh oh, no. you, we're gonna lose Polly Bromwell. He, oh, I don't think he listens anyway, so we're safe. Yeah, 
he's too busy. He's a bit. He's too busy. He's too busy anymore. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Thank God he doesn't live in the city. Then I probably couldn't be friends with him. Oh, right. That that would be a given. But do you guys got the same seats as last I time? Would, um. No. Well, you were in a box last time. Yeah, I had club seats last time. Right. Um. And then this time, you know, me and my dad, my brother are heading to the south side of the stadium down there on the river side where it gets a little crazy. So hopefully it'll be fun. Yeah. I know Bills are playing Monday night against uh, New England. So that's it here in, well, not here, but in Buffalo. So it's going to be, uh, be a fairly interesting game. I'll tell you that much. It sucks because I got to work the 1230 AM to 10 AM shift on Tuesday. So I can't, it's either, I do one of two things. I've done it before. I've done them both ways where I can go to sleep at like eight o'clock, wake up to get, be in the office by quarter two or whatever. Or I just say, Hey, I'll take a nap when I get home on Monday and just stay up and watch the game, which it is what it is. I'm done by 10. So I get a day and a half off. So, but well, we were kind of really worried because my dad has to wake up very early on Monday morning to go to work. Yeah. Uh, like around three 30 or something like that. So he has to go to bed relatively early. And uh, we thought the game was going to be flexed to the Sunday, Sunday night game. Night. Yeah. And luckily they picked the Broncos and chiefs. So thank you, Kansas city. Now my dad can go. There you go. That's all that matters. Uh, but one place that we are definitely going this week, Justin, is we're starting our, it's more of a scheduling change, not more of a format change. We're staying with the same format that you guys have been listening to us rant about for the last Christ, six, seven months, however long it's been. Uh, but we are basically going to be doing a specific promotion for the whole month. So this month we're going to be doing WCW uh, in December of 97. It'll be a, it'll just kind of be a random year and month each month. We will mm -hmm. just switch it up and do something else. So like we said, this month is WCW 97. So we will do what? Three weeks of nitro. And then, and, then, and then the last week will be Starcade 97. So we yeah. will try to do like the buildups to a pay-per-view each month. And then we will switch it the next month to something else. Right. And, Hopefully and you guys will like it. I think it's a good idea. You know, yeah. I think it's fun. It gives you, um, you know, a snapshot of the promotion in a certain time period in wrestling history. So I think it'll be a fun thing to do. And I'm really excited to start off with some WCW. Yeah, and it, like I said, we're we're definitely getting into the hot hot time frame there here in '97. Uh, but one guy who's also very hot in '97 was Mr. Rich Palladino. So let's send it up to the ring to him right now. It's the opening contest. Hi, right, Justin. So we're coming to you from December 1st, 1997, from the Civic Coliseum in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, we are running, I'm going to run down the champions that are current right now here in WCW 97. Uh, your WCW world heavyweight champion is Hollywood Hogan. He won it on the 9th of August. Uh, the U S champion is Kurt Henning won it on, uh, excuse me, September 15th of 97. Uh, the world tag team champions are Rick and Scott Steiner won it on October 13th of this year. Television champions, Perry Saturn. He won it on the third uh, of November cruiser rate is Eddie Guerrero. And he won it on the 10th of November. So it's a strong, it's a very, very strong group of champions, Justin. If that's one thing that WCW had this time was, was the depth and they knew how to use it. They knew that, you know, they'd definitely start with their cruiser weights to lead off. Um, and, and they even had, I, I don't want to call it comical, but they were starting off doing this whole Larry Zabisco and Eric Bischoff storyline yeah. leading up to Starcade here at the end of the month. Uh, and Tony even mentions that it's going to be Larry versus Eric at Starcade, Starcade after the last two weeks, Nitro. Um, but Eric then comes out and recants it and says, no way. And it, it's a whole kind of kerfuffle kind of thing uh, leaning into it, even though a lot of people, you know, even at this time, uh, could just kind of figure that it was going to happen uh, because 
the stipulation would then later on, we'll get into the coming weeks is Larry really wants to get it uh, at Scott Hall. And yeah. and they're really playing that up and they're really trying to say, insinuate that this is really going to happen. And at this time, you know, I don't... and Zabisco's only, I think Zabisco is, I think he's around the same age as Hogan and Hogan's in his forties at this time. Yeah. I think, I think Zabisco is like 48 or something like yeah, that. Yeah. He's like here. late forties. We could be wrong. I don't know. For some reason, I think I remember that. But anyways, um, if people, you know, maybe to some of our younger fans that weren't around or watching at the time, you don't really know how, I think it's not talked about enough how over Larry Zabisco was. I mean, to the fans, they loved him. They always chanted him, you know, at the beginning. He always had to give his little thing and they were behind him for sure. And so that was why this was a good idea to turn him into an angle with Bischoff. Mm. I, I liked it. Well, but the thing, uh, the one thing that WCW always stayed true to was that old school wrestling feel. And that's what you really got from, from Larry Zabisco because you get to see his old territorial days when he was, you know, AWA, he was up there in the Midwest down South old school NWA. Mm-hmm. Or a yeah AWA and AWA like I said he he was more synonymous with the AWA like him Bachwinkle mm-hmm. uh, Gagne uh, they were more they're predominantly up there in the AWA the the Minnesotas the, the well what he was and what he's mainly known known for is his feud at least if you'd ask him he'd say his feud with Bruno San Martino right right Madison Square Garden right because but that's it, it, if I, if I were to ever wrestle, if I my shoe uh, be in his shoes, I should say, shit, I I would say I wrestled Bert, Bert, Bruno and Madison Square Garden every every chance I got. Yeah, because that was just so monument, monumental at that time uh, mm-hmm. when he was in his heyday. But um, we we mentioned too that you know this this Nitro starts off with yet yeah, yep. Another cruiserweight match. We got uh, Ray Mysterio Jr. taking on Juventud Guerrera. Uh, they're still playing up this feud with Eddie and Bray. Eddie, like I said, is the cruiserweight champion. They're still playing this up, man. Uh, and do you think at this time that the cruiserweight division was pretty much, I'd say, a three uh, – Three horse race as far as between Mysterio, Eddie, and and, and Malenko. And Jericho. Oh, and Jericho, that's true. I mean, there's just a lot of great guys in there. Hoovy. I mean, there's well, a lot I, of great but I mean really guys that you're at, at that time in ninety seven. Uh, I'm not know, saying but... now, but more of these are the guys that are we're gonna build the 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 company. Well, they around. are building they are cruise building. rate division. They're right. building Hoovy here because he would be the champion, what ninety eight at some right. point, right. I, I believe. So it's just, it's a good mix of talent. That's all there is to it. And well, Jesus Christ, everybody would be cruiserweight champion. Well, I mean, honestly, to me, th- that belt was one of the, it was probably the second most important belt. Mm-hmm. As far as what meant it, what it meant to the fans, because we were seeing this wrestling every night. To us, that belt meant more than fucking Steve McMichaels got, got the U.S. title or uh, you know whatever whoever's mm-hmm. got the the tv title um you know rick martell crawls out of bed and all of a sudden he's the tv title it's like what where the hell did that come from <laughs> but well um, and- but i just felt like the cruiserweight was you know was a pretty prestigious belt to win still here at this time yeah but but i also think you have to have to look at it on the business side too of it because you're in the war uh, the Monday Night Wars that is here in '97, and I, I'm not speaking for Eric by any means, but you got to think of it the, as the business side of it because fans aren't going to want to see the same guy holding the title day in and day out, week in and week out. Your Eddies, your Rays, your Deans, your Jerichos, you're going to want to see a guy like a Huvatu Guerrero win it. You want to see a guy like fuck it, Psychosis win it, or La Parca, mm-hmm. or somebody like that. That 
And, and plus with that though, you also have to take into account all the different nationalities in the cruiserweight division. Mm-hmm. You're going to get different, oh, yeah. you're going to get different views from different countries and you're in that war for the ratings. Shit. This is, this is where you go, man. And everybody yeah. wants to crap on Eric and I'll stick up for him, even though he buried me over the fucking, uh, uh, Starcade and uh, Halloween Havoc thing, but that that's fine. Uh, thanks to Musadon for that. Uh, but everybody wants to crap on them over that. But it's brilliant because you're getting these different countries to tune in to watch, and the ratings go up because you want to get those different parts of the country to watch. And I think, and like I said, and we'll move on to the next couple of matches after this but i think having mike tenay at the announce table too was fantastic during this time during the cruiserweight matches well but here's the thing tenay got replaced during this match by right. eddie by, I, by eddie, so but if I'm, you guys if you guys are fans of um eddie let's go back and watch this match just to listen to him talk the one thing that struck me was how young his voice sounded mm-hmm. it um, does it does yeah he sounded very young on there um but it was a great opening match. Um, they, it was a great st- sticking of the finisher. Um, jumping off the top rope from the outside with the Hurricane Rana. I thought that was a, a great finish, great execution there at the end of it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I liked uh, – it was kind of weird, Ray, in those neon green tights, green and black or something like that. But um, overall, great match, great finish. I really like the finish of that. Yeah. Is like that, said- that finish the way they j- – you jump off the top rope and then into a hurricane and then you stick it. That's hard to all do perfect. And he did. Well, but that's the thing when you, when you got guys like a Ray facing Hoovy or Hoovy facing psychosis or Eddie facing Ray or you work so well together. And so often together, you start to learn how each other moves, their move sets, how to do this, how to do that. Uh, and then I think that's really not to bring up, current products is i think that's what the current product is missing is you've got these guys that are not working they're just getting thrown together in a tag team or whatever or triple threat or whatever and say hey go go out there go do something and you, you don't get storytelling like this uh but mm-hmm. his next match definitely needed some sort of storytelling because it pitted uh, hugh morris versus wrath uh Honestly, the only thing I really took, it was a two minute, two and a half minute match. The only thing I really took away from this is how athletic Morris was at this time. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah, he is. I, I only had one note on it too. And good to see Hugh Morris get a win because honestly that didn't happen a whole lot. Right. Right. Uh, No, and especially with wrath too, being uh, a Brian, Brian Clark there. Uh, Mm Yeah. And uh, I, I always like Brian Clark and um, Candy in there as a tag team with him as uh, oh crap I'm his his mask uh, character escapes me at, yeah. at the moment. Oh shit! It's a green. Yes. And Mortis. Mortis. There you go. Okay. And Vandenberg was their uh, yeah. manager, but no, I, they were just so underrated too because they're such big guys doing such great things and they could tell the story but they just got sat, settled with the, those fucking characters, man. Mm-hmm. So then we get Hogan coming out next. With for Eric. Promo. Right. Now, it sucks that they cannot play the fucking Hendrix Hogan music. They would later on, though. No, they're Don't not they? on Peacock. They didn't oh, on the Peacock. Oh, but it was on the, I was on WWE Network, though, right? I don't know. It's not on. It's not on now. When no, I know. I, I understand that. I that's understand what pissed that. me off. Like what in the music they play? God damn, it's terrible. It's like listen to Jericho's match and oh. the walls. The walls uh, break the walls down. It's like I know. Um, it ruins the whole thing. Like because Hogan's strumming the goddamn belt because he's hearing the the fucking Hendrix guitar riff, mm-hmm. and it doesn't sound at all. It looks stupid. I hate it. Anyways, I'll move on. I'll get I'll get over it. But that but that but that's the thing. You, I don't. Yeah, it, we we can't go in. We're going to be off on a tangent on this. But anyways, another guy that was off on a tangent was Hogan coming out here. Um, this was a weak and, promo. And beer, I thought. I thought it was too long. I thought it was just weak overall. It was kind of just like that old school heel shit. You know, calling Sting fans in the crowd cowards and 
If any of you guys want a piece of me, come on, I'll fight, you know, just and that. The, yeah, and the little old and lady she, at ringside. Yeah, and then we finish up with her. Now, that that was the best part of the Hogan promo. That is fucking legendary classic shit. It's something you always remember. And if you guys don't know what we're talking about, when Hogan rolls out of the ring, as soon as the promo is over, um, they, they got the camera on him still, and Tony's talking, and of course... Here is this fucking 90-year-old little old grandma leaning over that rail, just putting her finger right in <clears throat> Hogan's face and giving him hell. And he's just doing his classic heel shit right back to her, mm -hmm. getting in her face. And they and they it went a minute. Like I think both I, that <laughs> it almost looked like that old lady was working, but she wasn't. She was just getting into it. I think I really thought she was, to be honest with you. Because I've watched it multiple times and watched it live. And I'm like, it's got to be a work. It's got to be a work. You can't be a shoot because it just looks too obvious. I don't know. Whatever it is. And fans, tell us on Twitter if if Eric or anyone is talking. I'm sure they have. And I don't remember what he said, if it's a work or not. About the little lady? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm almost positive he said it was a, a, plant. a work. Okay. Well, I don't, if think it was, I, I don't think he said it was a plant. Maybe that's something. Hey, well, that's ask, ask Eric on uh, AFS next time. I mean, if it was a plant, if it was an Eric plant, then that's the best thing WCW ever did. Oh, by far, I by mean, far. Because that got, <laughs> they, they never think of going, doing good shit like that. Well, that got Hogan. Not that Hogan needed help getting over, but that he'll care. No, it was just good. It was just good shit. And it was funny. Yeah. yeah. But yeah she just oh my god both of them sold it well i loved it it was so hilarious great way to go to commercial with mm -hmm. tony like what you know we're terribly out of time no he's like hulk hogan a despicable human being getting in the face of a little old lady like and then that. they fade to black and go to commercial uh but when we come back from commercial we're gonna have a match oh. honestly man you know what my note what? on this match is don't care then don't care now. <laughs> well, but see, this is the thing. And I want your honest opinion on this because I've maybe this is something I can ask Eric too later on. But well, first and foremost, Prince Iacad has kind of like grew, grown on me as far as his watching his stuff. Okay. But <laughs> hold on. There's a hold on. There's that. Grows on, he grows on me like fungus. Yeah. Well. Never mind. I'm not going to say that. Uh, but it, but it all depends on what he uh, who who he works with. You got Yuji Nagata, who's a free legend in Japan. I, like, I definitely like Yuji Nagata. It's, it's I I there's just nothing to the match. It's cold as hell. But it's, I hate Prince Ik. I really do. He has go away with me. Always did. But see, my thing. Two things. One. Does Prince Ik get himself over because of this match, or does Nagata get him over? Get him over as far as Ik, or do you think no. even Ik gets over? No, Ik never got over. Okay. Secondly, do you, <laughs> why don't you think Nagata ever really got a decent sized push with with WCW? Was it just? Oh. Because, you think there was like a language barrier still? Well, even, had, even, even he though he had, had Sonny Ono, yeah. Um, I just think that that first of all, I think he was just coming over and doing spots. I don't think he was really working full full time. I think he would come over for a month or two and then go back over. Yeah, and, he'd do a couple spot or he'd do a couple runs here, yeah. and then he might have even done some uh, recording as far as like uh, Saturday night or whatever. I'm guessing he was going over there on some type of deal with Eric had with their company. And so well, it, but I it think wasn't it's, a long-term plan probably. Well, they had that working relationship with new Japan still, right? Yeah. So, you know, Hey, you take, you take one guy, we'll take one of your guys and go on and so forth. But, uh, take well, Prince Ikea, please. But what one people, <laughs> one group of people were not going to have them take, take my the wife, night. please. No. Well, uh, yeah. Right. Somebody that we're not, we don't want them to take is the uh, Nitro girls coming out uh, in between these matches. Uh, Thank God Frank's not here to shit on him. Okay. So I got shit on this week. 
by good friend of the show, Mike Kolb, saying that I, I basically put out a tweet saying, you can put on a tweet at underscore ringside react saying that, uh, am I the only one that thinks that, uh, not lethal weapon, what's the hell the other one? Die big, Hard. Die Hard, there you go. That Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. It's not. It's oh, see, there's a difference. It's a holiday movie. It's there's based. A, it's based during Christmas time period. That if if you're gonna say that's a Christmas movie, then so is Batman Returns and and and, and Gremlins and Gremlins and all that shit. Those are I, not Christmas and, movies. Like okay, if you're gonna say Die Hard is a Christmas movie, then you better sit your ass down with your fucking family on Christmas Eve and fucking watch Gremlins too. Mm-hmm. All right. Do it. I challenge you. So they, so they go Mike Kolb, Sean Jones. Uh, I think the only one that really came to my rescue was the uh, gimmick attorney, Michael Dawkins, saying that he agreed with me. So we'll see. Now we've got now we've got legal behind us. So see, disagree with us, motherfuckers. And another and a fellow bald man. So, hey, I'll shave my head in solidarity. There you go. Hey, well, hey. Well, whatever it takes to focus off of yeah, no, never mind. Anyway, so next match is oh, uh, faces of fear, man. Harlem love, Heat and faces I love of fear. Me some faces of fear and dude, dude, this was a knockout drag out fight, and two of the better tag teams um, in the company, I think. Manga Barbarian faces of fear, terribly underrated. Uh, I I would love to see. These four men walk into the most crowded bar right now in any state and see if they could just beat, if there was any bar full of men that could beat those four. Because I doubt there is. Oh, I'm, I doubt that. I'm sure there's some bar out in like Wyoming or South Dakota that have these big ginormous white dudes. Well, I'm I'm to the belief that I think Ming could do it by himself. So then, if you give him the other three, then it's not even going to be. Well, a I, I would just send Ming and Barbarian in there. They <laughs> they would clean house right off the bat. But yeah, and what was cool about this match? Harlem Heat in the all blue with Jackie in the all blue yeah, yeah. leather. It was kind of a cool presentation with them. They didn't wear that all blue look a lot, and I and I liked it. I thought it looked pretty cool. No, and and. and even though Harlem Heat went over on uh, Mangum Barbarian in a very short match, I think. Yeah, decent finish though. Uh, decent finish to it. Overall, kick, overall, I really liked the match. You know, I thought it was good, good, good mid-show filler. I mean, honestly. Yeah, and, and Mangum Barbarian still got their shit in, uh, even though it was <laughs> kind of after the match with a Tonga death grip with uh, Mang. But yeah, it was what it was, man. When you have a three-hour TV show, you're not going to have ten-minute matches. You're going to have these types of matches for four and a half, five minutes, just so you right. have enough time for everybody else, you know. Uh, but uh, the one thing I really did, like you said, you mentioned Jackie. We saw Sister Sherry as well with Harlem Heat. Who'd you prefer with them? Do you like Sherry or Jackie more? With Harlem Heat. With Harlem Heat. Oh, Sherry. If you would ask me, pretty much put anyone beside Sherry, I'll take Sherry, other than Bret Hart. Bret Hart was their manager. I'd have to pick him, but other than that, I'm going Sherry. Can you imagine Bret Hart as the manager of Harlem Heat? (laughs) You know, I got me these uh, big uh, gentlemen here, and uh, I just want to see a lot of butt. I just want to see him. I want to see Bret Hart do a Harlem sidekick and a harder Rooney. Yeah, have you ever seen me do my uh, Hitman or Rooney? There you go. It's <laughs> fucking great. He'd probably like break something, but anyways, uh, I think one, he did a Hitman or Rooney when he fell off his bike with it. Go ahead. That too. Well, one guy that we really, <laughs> I, I hope he falls off his bike several times is Disco Inferno. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering who you was going to throw under the bus there, dude. I was well. I technically I threw him under the bike, but it's beside the point. But. Uh, <sighs> I don't, I don't get this. I Disco Inferno to me is one of the most annoying people I've ever 
had to watch, had to listen to. Uh, everybody says Jeff Jarrett is, is the uh, human channel changer. Disco Inferno is my uh, channel changer. Either I see him, I either hit forward or I just 12 times fast as Justin dances and tries to screw me up. Uh, but I just never got, I got his character. Oh, Disco Inferno, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but it, it got old pretty damn quick. He, he was like, like a disco dance. He, he disco inferno is like what would happen if Ray Ray Romano had a baby with uh, with uh, Kermit the Frog. Hmm. Well, the match itself was a squash. I mean, well, it's two and a half minutes. What do you expect? Yeah, <laughs> that's about all. You know, and then here comes Gene with JJ, and JJ calls Eric a little toad. Mm-hmm. And uh, they get all fired up about, you know, Eric's got to fight Larry and all that shit. Is that what? Is that what it was? Yeah, and you had JJ. You mentioned JJ came out, right? Yeah, yeah. That's who called Eric a little toad. Mm. You know what? I've got a little toad. Wait for it. Wait for Our it. Okay. Six match. No, no. But I want. Right? But they also they. They officially signed that match for between yes. Bischoff yes. and Zabisco. We set up Starcade, and we've got th- you know two more yeah. weeks to. So they officially air air quotes officially sign it. Uh, but we can move on to this next match real quick. Is because uh, I really want to. Re- let's get to the main event. We'll just go over the first uh, these next few matches here because I really want to talk about this main event a little bit. Uh, we're going to have Ultimo Dragon defeat Psychosis. Uh, yeah. you know, pretty much your typical it, typical cruiserweight match, which yeah. is fine. Ultimo, Ultimo Dragon and his classic teal get up. Yeah. And Psychosis and his Psychosis shit. And they had a good little match. And, you know, nothing wrong with it. Nothing, nothing great about it. It right, just right. was, you know. So we're going to have... Uh, Chris Benoit taken on a member of Raven's flock, uh, Kidman. So for those of you that haven't watched this, this feud, I liked it just because, you know, Benoit wants Raven. Raven's not going to face Benoit until he gets paid or whatever the case may be. Oh, so he's basically throws everybody in his little stable there against Benoit until it yeah. actually happens, which I, yeah. I think is brilliant, to be honest with you. Yeah, it was. It was a good little. It was like that way. old school. It was like that old school. Yeah. Booking. You got to get through all these people before you're allowed to fight. Yeah, me. right. And because he, he would face, we'll see it in coming weeks. You know, we'd fa- he'd face Saturn. He'd face uh, uh, Hammer. Yeah. He'd face um, uh, Kidman. He'd Didn't face man. who was the other dude? Uh, shit, Black Lodi. Man. No, Lodi? Yeah, yeah, he'd face Lodi too. But uh, Riggs, Scotty Riggs, <laughs> you can never forget Lodi. Hey, by the way, before this match started, we had another Nitro Party video, and those are just fun <sighs> to fucking go back and watch, man. They are it, yeah. so. And th- I think there was a Deport Eddie chant in the video. Was I the, didn't hear it? I think these college kids were like Deport Eddie. <laughs> That, or would, something like that. You I think would pick going, that up too. Go back and check, fans, and tell me if I was hearing right. I even replayed it and tried to listen again, and I couldn't really for sure tell if that's what they were saying or not. Right. But right before but please, we'd see, please don't deport Eddie. We love Eddie. Right. We'd see Raven actually hit the uh, even flow DDT on Benoit after the match, and then Benoit yeah. would be put in the ring, rings of Saturn. Uh, like I said, we're building, we're building up the Starcade. We're building up the Starcade. I got to start somewhere, and you know, maybe that slow build. But I think this is one of the key components of this, or this, excuse me, this Nitro is this Benoit and the Flock feud. Yeah, and honestly, this Flock thing gets overlooked a little bit too, because when we go back and think, you know, everybody on Twitter when you talk about '96, '97 even 98 all anyone talks about in wcw is the nwo sting sting you know um no one ever talks about like the flock and the flock had its moment where it was 
a good heel kind of B group to go along with the NWO to kind of open shows and do mid stuff here like this. The flock was an interesting angle there for a minute when they would all just sit around the ring and Mm -hmm. look, you know, bored and, and then they they started wrestling and they actually did a slow build with them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like instead of doing vignettes with them, they put them in the crowd Mm -hmm. each week and, you know, and then they would talk to them and then they would, one of them would wrestle and then it kind of went on and it kind of had some legs to it there for a minute. Yeah. How many if you guys disagree? I could be wrong. But no, I know I I agree to 100 percent because I was always I always like Raven's flock. I don't know what it was, but when I was watching in 97 here, I was shit, 13, 13 years old. So I dig dug this so much because it was that everybody at that age, and correct me if I'm we're about the same, we are the same age, you know. I was one of those kids in his flock. They wanted to fit in, but you couldn't. So you went to that other side to see how it was. Okay, this is cool shit. So you related to it. It was um, almost like Raven's flock was for the emo kids. Right. Yeah. Basically. Before that was even really even used as a right. word. Uh, but uh, one few that I really wish we didn't have to watch was this whole Lex Luger and Buff Bagwell. A uh, few uh, yeah. um, seven minutes and a lot seven, of posing to start this. Yeah, match. right. How, how long was the match? Seven minutes. I bet seven there was about three to... three minutes of posing to start. And this. and you're and you're lowballing it too. I'm thinking it's a good, at least a five minute thing and it's two minutes of wrestling or whatever the hell they decide to do it. But uh, we saw Luger win by disqualification. Uh, the great Charles Robertson working here yeah. with them. It was good to see him in there. But yeah. I mean, what do you say about Luger and Buff, man? Buff the stuff. Yeah, well. It is what it is. Girls can't get enough. But, I mean, 97, Luger was over. Obviously, he had just come off a world title run of, what, two weeks or a week or something. Right. Um, but and Buff actually had some decent heel heat. Well, and, and he was a good promo every it was a good promo every once in a while too and he so he wasn't lacking the chops it was just his <laughs> in ring shit was t- it was the drizzling shits yeah um but a couple guys that uh in were in ring work was the shits was ddp and and kurt henning who are, is the main event of this nitro it's kind of cool to see these two in the main event together though yeah yeah because you know honestly Kurt hasn't main evented a lot. Like he, I don't think he ever main evented a pay-per-view for WWE. Not to my, I don't think so. He he was, he was involved with flair when he was facing Savage at WrestleMania. Yeah. And I think, yeah, but But he wasn't in the main event. No, he wasn't in the main event. So I just think that it was in DDP here, obviously hadn't probably main evented a lot of nitros at this time. Mm-hmm. So I think it was kind of cool to put them in here. Two guys that I really like w- watching. Um, by the way, this match is brought to you by Nintendo 64. Get in or get out. That's what they say. I'll get out. Apparently. Get in. Uh, yeah. Hey, I love my Nintendo 64, bro. I never had, I had one. The, oh, God damn, man. The, I had a James game Bond, The James Bond 007 game is the GOAT game of all time. I'm 64. No, ever. Oh, I, oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you just meant on sixty-four. Like, no, I like I said, no, I, 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 I played and the WCW. It. I had some WC the WCW um, Revenge versus NWO. Yeah, no, Revenge. Yes, that was the mm-hmm. best one. It was great. Yeah, I played it. My friend, my friend had a sixty-four. I had a GameCube, and uh, yeah, yeah, GameCube sucked. Have a GameCube. GameCube sucked. Anyways, so just slapped your mom for getting your GameCube. Yeah, well, blame Santa Claus. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I'm healing up on Santa Claus. Another disappointing Christmas in RJ's life. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) God damn it, I wanted an N64. I got a fucking GameCube. God God damn it, I wanted a head (laughs) full of hair. Um, But. we, we know Henning would be associated with the NWO at this point. Uh, he's the U.S. champion. We'd see Rick Rude come down uh, to the ring right as DDP lands a diamond cutter. Rude, yeah, Rude pulls uh, Pee Wee out of there. Yeah. 
just that healer shit, baby. Yeah, just that healer supposed that healer shit, man. And then yep, you get and then you get an NWO schmaz. Well, you get douchebags like Vincent come down. Who would he ever do for anybody? And uh, yep. you know, obviously at this and everybody's time, waiting for Sting, and Sting never comes out, and right. it just ends up a big NWO ass kicking at the end of it. Well, do you think at this time they're just playing it safe? In just building, doing the whole slow build towards Starcade yeah. because that's going to be their money maker, man. It's my, right. I think you want to. I think you want to give as less of Sting as you can right here because what they've done is they've done a great job of putting him up in the rafters and not letting him talk for months, right? Like right. what a long time and um, a year, pretty much. And so now this is the payoff. And so now you really shrink off, you know, his his uh, access to the fans by saying, hell, he wasn't even at the show tonight. We don't even know if he's, you know. And then you have to watch Starcade because you definitely want to see Sting wrestle because he hasn't wrestled in a fucking year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't even know really what's going to happen. So yeah, nobody it, does, yeah. It just builds to the drama of Starcade 97, which honestly, guys, I've said this before. We've talked about what the most antip- anticipated pay-per-views were. We talked about WrestleMania 3 and WrestleMania 6. Mm-hmm. Um, this Starcade 97 was a very anticipated pay-per-view. Well, very, I'd, even go, I, I'd even go as far as, especially in this era, these few, you know, this the month of November, the month of October, the fall, I should say, of fall and winter of 97 was... Their pay-per-views had so much build to it. Halloween Havoc had a big build to it. Fall Brawl, Starcade here. Christ, man, you're gonna ha- you're not gonna have like pay-per-views like this ever again. I don't think. Yeah, probably not for sure. And definitely, you know, it was just so different back then because people actually had to fucking spend money on it. Like you had to say, okay, I'm gonna spend thirty to fifty dollars on this. Yep. Yeah, you know, I, I think WCW is a little bit cheaper. Just, yeah, now you just have the Peacock for ten dollars a month, and you know it doesn't cost you a lot to watch the pay per views. Right. But back then, uh, thirty to fifty dollars in nineteen ninety seven was a little pretty good chunk of change. My parents were like, "Fuck you, we ain't we ain't paying for yeah, it." Yeah, right, right. So and I had to my, go to my, my I had to go to my friends. My parents were the same way. That's why we started back. Right. Once we get here. Between once we get more towards 98, 99, friends of mine, there's a group of us, probably about about five or six that would all pitch in and buy the pay-per-view, whether it be WCW or WWE. And yeah, once I got in junior high, me, this was like 97, 98, me and my buddies, you know, would all get together each Sunday and pitch in and Mm. um, watch it. So, yeah, we did that, too. But before that, my parents were like, fuck you, we ain't paying for that. Yeah, yeah, that was our struggle back then, young fans. We didn't have the Peacock or the WWE Network. We had to, we, we had to beg our parents like fucking beggars on the street mm-hmm. to pay $30, $40 for wrestling. Well, Christ, <laughs> we you get towards uh early 2000s, mid 2000s, you're talking Christ, the the uh big four you're talking at least 50 bucks for those and wrestlemania would probably be about 60 to 70 yeah. easily and now it's it was uh, crazy whatever especially what? because back then like around 97 98 they realized hey we got a bunch of people buying these so the prices started to go up, Jack there up yeah bit. well but that's that's business supply and demand you know you get more people watching you want to make more money you don't want to make the same amount of money mm-hmm. uh, but one guy that makes a shit ton of money because he's that damn good is Mr. Rich Paladino. So let's send it up to the ring to him right now. If you're looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all the hectic holiday shopping traffic, why not save time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It makes sense, especially if you're a business that sends more mail and packages during the holiday season. 
Whether you're selling online or running an office or a side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during these holidays. You can access all the post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking that trip. And you can also get discounts you cannot find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS raised and 76% off UPS. Head over right now to Stamps.com and use the promo code when you sign up, P-O-D, for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code P-O-D. Thanks to our friends over at stamps.com it's listener questions all right justin it is time for listener questions this week we have one person the man the myth the money legend money mike himself has three questions for us this week uh because he was pretty much the only one that wanted to know anything i feel like you know what Here's what we're gonna do. You every, think this? Is, yeah. Every time, each week, when you when you do what you just did, introduce his dumbass and say, "Here's Money Mike with Money Mike's questions." You know, it's 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 every week. It is like we we can trust it. Like the sun's gonna come up in the morning. Well, depending on yeah. I think Money Mike needs his own theme music, and I think it just needs to be the first three seconds of Ted DiBiase's music. Every time, so when you introduce Money Mike's question, just to hit the money, 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 money. Everybody's got money. a price. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not into music yet. Yeah, so I was saying we're not we're not there yet. What he's got. So his first question is: At this point in 1997, could each of you already see the momentum start shifting uh, in favor of WWF? Yes. Now, Absolutely. why do you say why do you say that? Just because of the booking here in WCW? Um, no, I, well, WCW to me was still healthy, and especially now that Brett was going over there, I was very interested in WCW. But I could tell with how the WWE was stone cold, man. I knew that was rolling because I I saw it in my hometown of Winchester, fucking Ohio, in the in the sticks. I saw Stone Cold shirts in my junior high. Yeah. I knew that they were going places and I could, and I could really around August, September, October, I could start to feel that shift of it's starting to crank up a little bit here. Well, they're starting to push, like you said, guys like stone cold guys, like the rock guys, like triple H Kane undertaker. Uh, yeah. The Kane thing was a big yeah. thing in, in the fall of 97 yeah. mankind, that was a big thing. shamrock, uh, New Age Outlaws. So they were basically, they had, I think they had the better roster at this point because, or the roster yeah. that could actually get them to that next level. It was a you, different roster. And here's the thing you could have a different roster because you only needed to fill two hours. They had to fill three. Mm-hmm. So WCW was really, they had a big, huge roster, a lot of cruiserweights and all that just because they were trying to fill three hours where WWE was trying to fill two. But I feel like at this time, WWE was getting their stars over better because mm-hmm. there was more focused time on them. Yeah. No, no, I get it. And that's, and that was blatantly obvious looking at it now. Uh, so his second question is which of these programs had better long-term storytelling and why Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart. Or the Crow Sting NWO feud. I Crow Sting NWO feud. I just think it was. Here's the thing. I, I never thought Sean and Brett was a prolonged feud in WWE. It was always kind of burning in the background, but it was never like the head feud, even going into their WrestleMania 12 match, it was like, okay, we're going to do this baby face, baby face thing for like two months. 
maybe a month leading into it, talk about it. And then once it was over, that feud was done. Yeah. Right? Well, I, I get that, but it, I was just trying to see it on the Sting NWO feud of it because now that I look at it, I'm like, the NWO is always going to last so long. And when you put everybody and their fucking mother into the NWO, sooner or later, it's going to blow up. And in 97, if you're talking crow sting in 97, 98, okay, maybe that would work, but you get anywhere past that, you're screwed, man. You got to go. I would take Brett, movie. I would take the Brett Austin uh, angle over Sting and NWO. It's more, that's a bigger storyline there. Yeah. Because that involves the whole hard family between like the whole yeah. Canadian stampede pay-per-view you had the whole, I just, I just don't Rose feel like the Sean Brett, the Sean Brett rivalry rivalry was almost uh, better in real life than it was in on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, I get that. And I, and I think that's justified. So I, I would say Sean and razor would be a good one too. But at this point, you know, in 97, it wouldn't have made any difference because they're different. Uh, they're on different shows, but even you go back to 94 and 85, that would have been one of the hot feuds there. You go that we go Razor and Sean and Brett and Owen. So, yeah. but his last question is if you could uh, remove one match from this card and replace it in a different, it with a different angle match or segment, which would you choose and why? So I am going to take out the Lex Luger and Buff Bagwell match and put in a uh, six minute dance rendition for the Nitro Girls. <laughs> well, I would um, I would take out Ayakea and Yuji Nagata, and I would put in Yuji Nagata and Chris Jericho. Okay, that, that makes sense. Answer? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, that does because you're rebooking it. I just wanted to give a answer to poke it, poke it, Frank. I mean, actually, if I could rebook it completely, I would take the Faces of Fear and Harlem Heat match and put it later in the card. More towards the main event. I would turn that Buff and Luger match. I I think it need the card needs another tag team match. There was one on there. I would try to find another tag team match somewhere, Mike. Yeah, no, that makes sense because it was only it was only that one then. Yeah, yeah. All right. So thanks for those questions, Money Mike. Keep them coming, and if you ever want to be a part of the show, you can always tweet at us at underscore ringside rant eight at JD twenty forty. Give us your questions. We'll get them answered on the that week's episode. If I remember, if I forgot, I apologize. So maybe that's why Amy didn't send any questions in this week because I pissed her off. <laughs> she said, forgot. fuck you, RJ. Yeah. <laughs> Story of my life. Uh, so <laughs> another... well, she, is from, she is from Kentucky. She probably said like, fuck you, RJ. Yeah, probably. Get that accent in there. That sounded more like, I think that sounded more like Tiger King than Amy, but go ahead. <laughs> oh jesus christ so i'm never gonna financially recover from this yeah, in my life you ain't gonna do shit <laughs> ah christ checks all right so <laughs> one thing that we look forward to every week and amy makes it fun because she always likes poking fun of our list is wrestling with music so without further ado monkeys hit the button That's good musical. Let me hear your body talk. All right, Justin. So we got, I I think we have two of the better ones in WCW of all time <laughs> this week. Uh, if you want to introduce your f- one, and then uh, we'll, I'll go to mine. All right. Well, I'm going to give myself a self high five and say that I'm going to go with the DDP. So, RJ, uh, let her rip, tater chip. Self-high five.
I like that part. All right, so it's just basically Nirvana. It's just basically a very a WCW ripoff of Nirvana. But basically, that's what it. It's basically what it is. But yeah, but the, but his talking and it kind of did crack me up. Like he first he does a self high five, and then he, he goes date date pay, and then what do you say? Hey, hey, too cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> too cool. <laughs> So that's not too gimmicky, right? Oh, uh, I, I like his I like his music. Um, but to me, I can't rank a, I think, it real high. It's a ripoff, I think. It's a ripoff of Nirvana. Yeah. I, I the Amy's probably she might hate us for this. I don't know her true feelings on DDP, but where would you put it honestly i would put it i would put it between rick rude at 18 and british bulldog at 19 hmm. are you thinking would, lower than that yeah are you think are you thinking under i'd put it under owen and in between vader okay that was my second guess that was gonna be my second pick is to put it down that far I wanted to kind of be nice to him, but <laughs> now when he sees me at Starcade, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Um, all right, so what did you pick for us this week, RJ, up here in our music right. category? So I picked uh, I picked a, a, a excuse me, not an event. I picked a theme that I think anybody could really put them on their playlist. Anybody could, and, and this is something that we'd hear later on in WWE as well. So without further ado, I present to you the Harlem Heat. Here we go. Build it up, baby. Don't turn it off. I could listen to that all damn day. Okay, well, well I'll, I'll play it in the background. <laughs> just... I just love it. It's just, it fits the tag team so well. Somehow WCW fucking got something perfect for once. I'm not real yeah. sure how. Yeah, I don't know. But they did. I mean, this just is such unique to them. I don't know. who Did, did Jimmy Hart do that? I'd have to go back and look and try to do research because I, I almost we, we we need to we should we should actually probably research who does our songs each week, but but if you I, honestly I, at this time I'm pretty sure Jimmy Hart did a lot of them though. But yeah, I, I just love that. I love that. I love it. That's all I can say about it. And I think it can contend for the top ten. I mean, listen, you guys know in 1997 when Harlem Heat came out or 98. And the fucking fans were raising the roof. Yeah. They were all They're, fired up when they, they heard this song. Dude, and it's so over. cool how it starts out with that ice, ice. And then, and then it like builds up. Mm-hmm. It's just fucking perfect, bro. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, how high do you think they can go, though? I think they can go for me. I, I'd say, I was, I was going to say top 10 originally. I just don't know where I, I, I where I would put them. You know what I mean? I know where I'd put them. I just figured it out looking at the list. Okay, where would you put them? I am going to say that Harlem Heat should enter the top 10 right in there behind Dusty Rhodes and in front of the Four Horsemen at number 8. I was thinking, I was going to put them in front of Dusty. 
I just love that America. But I can put this in front of Dusty just because this is their iconic music. That music for Dusty was only with him for a couple years. This is Harlem Heat. So I can agree with you. Let's put them in there seven. Yeah. But that's, but that's the way uh, iconic it does well for the team. It does well for and and, and Booker T. I mean, honestly, later on. if you really want to look at it, if we're going there, you could probably put him in front of Jake Roberts. I don't think you can put him in front of Demolition. Oh no, I don't think you. I don't think he'd be top. But be I top think five. you could. I think you could put him in front of Jake Roberts at six. Let's do that. We'll do that. I think that justifies it. Because if they're going to go in front of Dusty, I think they can go in front of Jake. Oh, I think so. I love Jake's music too, but man, this, this just gets you going, man. It, It gets you in the feels though, man. It really does. All right. Well, hopefully we redeemed ourselves, Amy, by moving the Harlem heat up there almost into the top five. So we are going to be from going forward, Justin, we are going to be announcing the top five from now on. If you want the uh, full list, I will start to put them in the show in the um, show description. So if you want the full list of our wrestling with music, check out the show uh, notes and they will be in there. Um, going forward, we'll just be announcing the top five or excuse me, top 10, excuse me, top 10 of what we have right now. Um, just so we don't, we don't take too up too much time listing because we, we are at what 27 right now, Justin. And it's yeah. only going it, to, it's going to get a hell of a lot bigger. 20, 28 now. So yeah. 28. We just added two more, so we're at 28. Oh, my list got all screwed up then. Yeah, well. We got to have an even number, RJ. We do two every week. Now, I know you got Buffalo math going on up there. What the but... hell? Is it? Oh, I have two I have two 26s. That's why. I'm an idiot. All slap dick math going on up in Buffalo. This is why the Bills lost to the Jaguars and Schittsburg, because they're doing Buffalo math. You know what? Kiss my ass. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So what are we doing next week, Justin? I guess we're doing uh, December 8th of 1997 Nitro. I, I, fig- I figured I'd let you tell them, even though that I do. I did <laughs> the schedule you know in front what? of me. Now that we know what we're doing, I know what our next show is. <laughs> or, or do you? It's not hard <laughs> to figure out. Yeah, right. I can't wait to do some thunders with this, with this new type of uh, focus on our show. Yeah. Yeah, it'll no allow doubt. us to do some thunders, which we've never done on here before. Yeah. But with that being said, we have our ranter of the week. So we're before we send it over to them, make sure you follow us across the shows through medias on uh, on Twitter at underscore ringside rant. He is at JD 2040 or you could simply it's easy now, Justin, you don't have to memorize it. You can simply go to our website now. We are at Caspi, that's C-A-S-T-P-I-E dot com slash ringside rant. All the links will be right there. It'll be in the show notes. Check it out. You have the merchandise there. You have all of the platforms we're on, all the social medias we're on. It's all right there. So check that out. That's caspi.com slash ringside rant. That is in the show notes as well. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get this podcast. Appreciate you guys listening this week, make sure you tune in next week. Get your questions in. I don't want to listen to Justin again next week's complaining that Money Mike is the only person to submit questions. Get in, get early. Make sure you follow myself. Get in, get out. Nintendo yeah. 64. Oh, Jesus Christ. You bring it Get in, in get out. <laughs> <sighs> hey, honestly, thank you guys for listening. We certainly appreciate it. We think you're going to like this kind of new snapshot of months that we're doing here and we hope to get some fan interaction do some watch-alongs with you guys on some of these pay-per-views at the end of each month and we're going to have a i think a contest uh for that or we do have a contest going on yeah if you 
listen, starting this week, so you had to pay attention this week, if you write down and remember Justin and my uh, Wrestling With Music entries this week, next week, and the third week, write them down, and then after the third episode of the month, you DM to myself, DM them to Justin, and whoever is the first to answer correctly, all three sets of uh, uh, themes. Criteria. Of, yeah. Whatever. Will be the guest on that uh, last episode and do a watch along of their desired match from that pay-per-view, whatever that may be. This this month will be Starcade ninety seven. Next month will be different, and go, so going forward as well. So this is going to be a continuing thing. We want to get the interaction with you guys. Uh, for those of you that listen every week, jot down these themes or put them in your notes on your phone or whatever to remember them, and then you submit them to us. Either one of us, it doesn't matter. And uh, first first come first serve, and uh, you'll be our special guest on that episode. That's right. So I'm looking forward to, I, I really looking forward to talking to some of you people that listen to the show for the first time. And that'll, and uh, that'll be awesome to have you on here with us. So uh, yeah, I'm excited and uh, go Bengals. And uh, I'll be there in the jungle Sunday. So let's roll. I'm ready to go. All right. Let's everyone go. Bills. Have a great. And everyone have a great Friday. God damn it. Cause you know yeah. what? It's fucking Friday and go bills. Mafia. Mr. Anthony Pyrus, I hope you cry. And let's send it over to our ranter of the week, Mr. Zoel Lopez. Lopez. What's going on, Ranters Nation? My name is Zoel Lopez, and I'm here to rant about the December 1st, 1997 episode of WCW Monday Nitro. And the thing I want to take away from this episode to rant about is the sweet, sweet grandma in the front row that went toe-to-toe with the immortal Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And what do we have to do to get her into the WWE Hall of Fame? Think about it. Out of the many, many years that Hulk Hogan has been in the business, we have yet to see a female go quite toe-to-toe with Hulk Hogan. She was standing up for her probably sugar daddy sting. She was out there taking swipes to where Hogan was cowering down. Even the chief of security, Doug Dillinger, there on the side, didn't want no piece of those haymakers that that sweet, sweet grandma was throwing there at Hulk Hogan on the sidelines. And that's what I'm ranting about today on this December 1st, 1997 edition of WCW Monday Nitro.